Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, welcome back to episode 172 of Two Drunk Brothers in the Podcast. Again, Jared's week off, so it is me and Ethan Short. And and this bottle Didn't of Mike you there. This bottle this bottle of whiskey that I'm drinking. Uh, Ethan is also drinking whiskey. Indeed. So I am in drinking for a treat. some Woodford Reserve bourbon. Um, telling Travis about earlier, a, a good old porch swing is what it's called. If you've ever been to Woodford Reserve, that's one of the cocktails they have on the menu, and they let you take the uh, recipes with you on little cards. So we took one home. I got some of the ingredients, and now I'm drinking it with a little bit too much bourbon inside of it. It's okay. That's okay. We like we like too much bourbon. I got just some uh, some Maker's Mark and Dr Pepper. So. That's what we're going with tonight. No. Guys and gals, we have for you on tap tonight uh, Fantasy Football Part 2. Last week we covered quarterbacks and wide receivers. This week we are covering running backs and tight ends. So before we dive into that, we talked a little bit about UFC 278 last weekend. Uh, while the majority of the card was just kind of eh, not too crazy, it ended in a Bang! In which Ethan missed. Ethan Completely was not awake. Ethan was not awake to see the fight, the ending of it. Trying to blame him. I wouldn't have bought the card either. Jarrett uh, did buy it, so we both streamed it together. Uh, I was gonna find a way to watch it, anyways. But we don't condone don't illegal know, streams. But we do not condone. Uh, we did buy it. Uh, <laughs> for those who you do not know, oh, I'm sure you found out or uh, saw it eventually. But Leon Edwards knocked out Kamaru Usman for the welterweight title uh, to get the belt with 59 seconds left in the fifth and final round. It was crazy because uh, up until then, uh, Leon won the first round. He lost rounds two, three, and four. Actually, was getting pretty dominated uh, in those rounds. Uh, just wasn't really – didn't look sharp on his feet. Just was kind of – couldn't couldn't get anything going, and Ethan for you for those you don't know and Ethan doesn't know, his corner was just laying into him like I've never seen a corner before. They're like, "Come on, you gotta fucking win this fight. You're fucking losing out." Like they were just ruthless to him. He'd get back to the corner. Even Dean Thomas, the uh, like the uh, analyst that they bring in, was like mentioning like he had his head down. He was just kind of like disappointed in himself. And then they like laid into him for that fifth and final round, went out there and landed a head kick and knocked him out. And we have a new welterweight title holder, which today I got to meet previous welterweight title holder. You did. It was uh, yes. quite the, quite the surprise <laughs> at work for you and for me, because I got that text and I was like, hold on. I know who that is. I had to like zoom in a little bit, figure it out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, that's, that's pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, Tyron Woodley actually came by the golf course today. Got a quick round of nine in. Saw him. Was like, yo, I got to, uh, got to snap a pic of this real quick that you're in here because it's a pretty low key public municipal golf course located in St. Louis. And uh, he was there. It was pretty cool and just, just a wild, interaction the only famous people i've met there were that have been through there are him and orlando pace pretty much and that's about it uh so pretty cool pretty cool uh had to talk to you a little bit about what happened at ufc 278 don't want to cover too much of anything else because it was just meh um however we will mention we will 
we will make sure on future cards that if it is not in Vegas, we make sure that the altitude is at a normal altitude because people were just <laughs> getting gas all night long. And we could have looked into that a little further, but I didn't even think, first of all, when I think Salt Lake city, I don't think that that's super high altitude. Right. That's not something that I think of. I just think of nothing. Um, think of white Mormons. That's all I think of when I think of white Salt Lake city. Mormons and, and just a lake and the lake with salt in it. <laughs> Exactly. For which <laughs> good question brings me to do they just have like a big saltwater lake there or it is, is am I just truly indeed just a giant lake called the Great Salt Lake with uh salt in it. So it's it's a freshwater saltwater lake, if that makes sense. It's not connected to the ocean in any way, shape, or form. It does, yes. Okay, cool. Never been. Looks like a, a pretty nice city, but don't know if I'll ever make it out there. Um, all right. Without further ado, if you don't have anything else to mention off top of the broadcast. No, I, I think, think a nice, solid UFC review. There wasn't anything really uh, that pressing in sports, I guess, other than the fact that Baker Mayfield was named the starter of the Panthers. Um, so officially Sam Darnold, as we all kind of figured, but Sam Darnold is the backup. We'll hope. Baker Mayfield fares a little better in Carolina than he did in Cleveland in the way that they treated him, I guess, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, well, they don't have a choice in, in, in naming a backup because Matt Corral has Liz Frank uh, yep. injury, whatever the, however you would want to say it. So it really sucks for him. I know he came off that. He got that injury, I believe in the bowl game last year and people were kind of, you know, skeptical about how that would pan out. He ended up being fine, and then this happened. So that's really unfortunate for him. So we'll see about his status moving forward. Um, outside of that, I think we all knew Baker was going to be the starter of that team. Uh, I'm trying to think. If there, is there any other significant injuries that happened in preseason or training camp? Surprisingly, I don't. I don't think so. Like I haven't seen anything where I'm like, man, like, you know, you're when Jordy Nelson hurt himself in the preseason in like 2016, it was out for the whole year. And then um, obviously both running backs for the Ravens last year during the preseason, although that was even camp for uh, yeah. What's his face? JK Dobbins. And then Gus Edwards got hurt in preseason, but those are the only, and there's nothing like that this year. I can say. I think, I just I don't think I don't know if we ever mentioned Zach Wilson or if that happened like right around the day that we were uh, recording last week that we didn't never find out what it was, but I think he's going to be all right. He's only I think it was like two to four weeks if they're if he's like good to go come week one they're going to start him. But either way, I've heard that Joe Flacco hasn't looked too bad, so that's good for them, I guess. Um, all right. So without further ado, let's jump on into. Uh, fantasy football part two. We'll kick it off with running backs. Same um, format as last week. Favorite. I'll let Ethan kick it off. Ethan, who is your favorite running back heading into this year? One that you're like, I want him. I'm going to make it a priority to get him as long as I'm not reaching too far because I think he's going to do really well. Yeah, I uh, I didn't want to be super vanilla. So this is like, Vanilla mixed with a little bit not of not Jonathan chocolate. Taylor. <laughs> no, it's not Jonathan Taylor. Um, but I gotta stick with kind of my favorite team and offense that I've been going with since we started talking about divisions, and that's Austin Eckler. And I know we talk about his injury history and um, you know, kind of will he play 16 games? There's a lot of high powered pieces around him who might take the ball away from him, but I also like I like the counter argument here of I think that it's also gonna open more opportunities for him if the ball spread around and that boxes won't be stacked. He'll have a lot of opportunities to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, I think he'll get some obviously goal line targets taken away from him, not only in the run game, but in the pass game too, obviously. But um, I just think that he's such a high volume guy and that he touches the ball so much and he makes it worth it when he does um, in an offense. That's going to be really good that I, I, I couldn't pass on thinking that he could end up being the top running back this year. Yeah. I love Austin Eckler. Um, 
I think he's just an, a phenomenal player. I've been high on him. Pretty, I've had him, and I think like one of my leagues every single year that he's like been in the league or been starting his, his health is a little bit of a concern just because he is, you know, that smaller frame guy that is very likely to get hurt last year. He did start every, he did start every game that he played in played 16 games, um, which was his first year doing so and starting every one of them. But obviously, every time you draft, like when you draft him, that's kind of something that's on the back of your mind is his health. But I love the pick. Um, right now, I believe, what do you know what running back in ADP he is off the top of your head? Yeah, he's number two. I think he's running back. I thought he's, he was running back three. I've got him currently on Fantasy Pros at averaging around two and a half. Christian McCaffrey's currently going three. Oh, I saw, I think I saw earlier. I think they're like interchangeable. Yeah. Either way, cool. you're gonna need to take him. You're gonna need to have pick five, like five at the at the absolute latest, probably to get him. Uh, so don't don't hate it. My favorite, someone who's a little bit more maintainable, is Nick Chubb, running back nine, ADP of fifteen right now. I think talent wise, he's one of the best in the NFL. I think that's just that's obvious. Um, he finished 11th in, of all running backs last season, but he only played 14 games at 17 total, so that's pretty solid. I think without Deshaun for the first 11 games, they're going to absolutely need him, get him involved into the game 100%. And I think above, not only without having Deshaun, Kareem Hunt requesting a trade earlier on in preseason is also going to help him being like get involved in the game. I would imagine that they would not kind of have that like tandem running back style that they have had. I'm sure they'll have it to an extent, but not as like heavily as what they used to prioritize it. Um, at RB nine finishing um, as well as he does every year gets involved in the game. So you can draft him in the second round. So I like that for sure. I think that value is really good. I mean, you got to think if I'm remembering correctly, this is a guy who was being drafted, not necessarily in the first round last year, but with such a running back heavy draft last year in fantasy. Um, I, I'm sure he could have went first round in a lot of them. So to be able to get him in early, mid, even late second round in some drafts. If he yeah, if he falls the late second, you're getting lucky. I think early second, if someone takes him in the first, that would be, a pretty not a reach, but a pretty early take. Uh, you can get him in the early second. I would say mid second would be solid value, and then late second would be a steal. But I wouldn't take him in the first second though. Oh yeah, if he's there, it's to me it's a no brainer. This this running back class this year in fantasy is way better than it's been the last few years. But to get a guy that I feel like is as consistent as Nick Chubb and obviously has the uh, like the resume to back it up is something that you can't pass on as opposed to going for a guy like, I I don't know, like a J.K. Dobbins, a Travis Etienne, who are supposed to be good but not really proven themselves yet. So Exactly, yeah. With Nick Chubb, say in a 10-man league, if you are picks 7, 8, 9, you could get him in the second round. With a snake draft in a 12 man league, if your picks 10 11, you can get him in the second round with a snake draft. So, not bad. Um, my Nick Chubb, Ethan Austin Eckler, value or sleep, not necessarily sleeper, well, kind of, but uh, someone that you think's got a good value, high upside that you are eyeing in your drafts this year. Yeah, I so. For those of you who don't know, which is probably none of you, maybe one of you, um, Trav and I like to use the WhatNot app quite a bit. Uh, we're big card guys nowadays. And so we jump into this stream that uh, guy who we've been jumping in doing breaks with for weeks now. But the other day he asked the people in his chat, like, who's a good dead round running back to draft? And my dumbass immediately, Aaron Jones, it's not who I meant. My value sleeper pick that I meant to say, AJ Dillon. Um, so my mind went to Packers. I may I am gonna be a homer here. Um, 
I went to Packers and immediately my mind just went Aaron Jones. That's not who I meant to say. It was A.J. Dillon. And the reason for this is um, a couple of things. One, we saw how much more utilized he was last year than in his rookie year. And it pissed off a lot of people in fantasy, um, me and Trav in particular. We both had him in different <laughs> leagues, and or Aaron Jones in different leagues. And it was just eating a lot of the touches, splitting almost – it felt he, it not, felt like 50-50. Not even the fact that he takes a lot of touches – from him, he takes important red zone goal yep. line touches just out of Aaron Jones' hands when Aaron Jones gets him there. AJ Dillon, not a big yardage guy, but a big important carry guy. Yep. And so that's that's kind of where my next step going with this is is I don't think AJ Dillon is some top tier running back by any means. And I and I realize that, but I think his value is gonna come from I think he's gonna see more volume this year. And I think part of that is gonna be because of how weak the Packers wide receiving core is, is that I could see Aaron Jones lining up out as receiver in some plays or them using a two back set and incorporating AJ Dillon into a lot of plays this year. So I think his volume is going to go up. I think his opportunities are going to go up and then mix that with the fact that he does get a lot of those goal line carries because he's got a lot of a bigger, a bigger frame um, that I think that he could sneakily be, you know, a top, 25 running back this year and be a really good RB2 for some people. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, if you've had a bladder leak today, listen up. I get it. I tried pills and pads for years but couldn't find relief until I found Axonics Therapy. It's a tiny device that put me back in control of my bladder. Why not see if it could work for you? Visit findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Yeah, I feel that. I also kind of like that uh, because after Aaron Jones signed his extension, uh, he has a potential out after uh, this upcoming year. So in 2023, I don't know if it's team option or him option, but either way, Green Bay could theoretically like force him out because they have a lot. He's going to take a big cap hit and they're going to pay him a lot of money. This is like a very, 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 very backloaded contract uh, in 2023 and 2024. So they could use A.J. Dillon more and then kind of offload that in the offseason. So I don't hate that. What is his uh, running back position and then ADP? Yep, so he's currently going as the 23rd running back, and he's getting drafted in the early to mid-sixth round. Um, So it's not something that you can get super far down, which is kind of unfortunate in terms of that value. But I think far down. Yeah, I was gonna say for where he's getting drafted to where I think he could end up um, holds value in itself because that's gonna end up probably more than likely being an injury replacement in the RB two spot or or just a flex play. But he's uh, I mean he's a touchdown grabber. That's really all he is. I feel like if he doesn't grab a touchdown, he might not be worth it. But in those matchups that are vulnerable, right? You're gonna be putting him in your lineup. Um, don't hate that pick at all. My value slash sleeper pick is going to be Ezekiel Elliott, uh, RB 15 going into this year. I think it's crazy. So many people are forgetting about like what Ezekiel Elliott is capable of. Yep. He, he finished six last season out of all running backs heading into this season, RB 15, that puts him at an ADP of 29, so a late third, early fourth round pick. And he has top 10 running back potential written all over him. He has had top, he has been in the top 10 in every single year that he's been a starter and getting bulk of the carries, except for one. And he finished 11th in that. So since 2016, he's Wasn't been top that the year 11. he got suspended? Probably. So exactly. Uh, and he, yeah, so 
You and not to mention that he had, he has the sixth easiest schedule of all fantasy running backs heading into the year. Uh, it, for me, that I mean, that's just that's a steal. Like, get your running back out of the way in the first round if you want. Draft wide receiver, wide receiver. If you're not wanting to go QB heavy, you could snag him in the early fourth if you have the have the pick. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I actually I love that pick, and I almost forgot that he existed because I heard exactly. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I heard something the other day on as probably TikTok because I follow a lot of different, or I should say, they pop up on my for you page a lot of different fantasy pages. Uh, but they made the point that Zeke's never not finished as a top ten running back except for the year that he only played two thirds of the games, and people act like he's just like. He's just not there, and that like Tony Pollard is like taking over that team. And granted, Tony Pollard finished, yes, great, pretty high too in terms of fantasy position. But the fact that Zeke got a bulk of his, not a bulk, but a percentage of his work taken from him last year and still finished as the sixth overall running back, yeah, like a very, very quiet, the probably the quietest sixth overall running back. He probably won a lot of people's leagues. Yeah, I mean, very, very underrated. RB15, probably one of the best picks that you're going to get. Ethan gave you a sixth-round pick. I gave you a third- and fourth-round pick that maybe could be a running back that could win you a league this year. So I hate that I'm talking about this with Ethan because I'm in a league with him. But <laughs> and I'm giving this to all you guys and my friends, that, our friends that are going to listen to this that we're also in leagues with. So he'll probably end up going early third. But there you are. Um Bust, running back bust. It's uh, it's gonna pain me to say because I actually like him a lot, um, but it's Derrick Henry. I don't. This was Jarris bust last year, which technically, theoretically, ended up working out for him. But yeah, and and it's not because I don't think he's gonna be you know not good, right? Like I think if he's in the game, he's gonna be really good. I think he'll get his touches. Obviously, he's the guy who gets thirty plus carries a game. But he also is coming off of an injury to a team that is a lot less potent than it's been over the last couple of years. You lost A.J. Brown. You've still got Ryan Tannehill at the helm. Um, you've got a questionable, semi-questionable offensive line. And he's coming off of a pedal foot fracture, which is a foot fracture that is not easy to come back to uh, or come back from in a sport, in a position as demanding on your feet as being a running back is. So I could easily see him one getting re-injured this year. Don't know when that could be, but I could see him getting re-injured. And two, I can just see him slowing down. He's already not a super fast running back. Yeah, like he he's relies a on a big strength. Guy. But if you can't drive into the ground and drag people with you and get those extra yards and bounce off of tackles because you can't put too much force on that foot, you're not your cuts aren't going to be as pretty. Um, your power is not going to be as nice. So I not that I'm saying, you know, he might still finish top 10, but I'm not drafting him as the what I think he's going over as the fourth overall running back right now and going in the first round. I just I I cannot convince myself to take him that early. Now, if he falls to me at like eight, nine, ten, yeah, I'm probably going to take him. But at four or five where he's going right now, absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, he's such a big stature uh, running back. I mean, obviously the biggest in the league. So it's it. First of all, it's no it's no uh, promise that he's going to stay healthy, right? Not only that, but then you got to think like, okay, he dominated. He's been dominating for a little bit when he's been in the game. It's got to come a time where teams is going to focus on him when he's in the game, especially with as one dimensional as that team's going to be this year. So yeah, while he will get the touches. They're not going to really be able to set up the pass as much as they probably have in the past with AJ Brown and those guys. Yeah. Uh, Draft Sharks does a like an injury history and analytics page where they actually like use numbers and break it down, like the injuries and the probabilities. And they're giving Derrick Henry a 90% chance to be out for at least one game with an injury, which is insane to me. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. That's a kind of a cool stat. How how accurate it will be, right? Different, but that's pretty cool. Uh, the, that information is out there somewhere. Um, my bust, 
Would you say Derrick Henry was RB what? Four? Four. Four? Okay. My bust, running back 11. Can you take a guess? Uh, My guess is that it probably has to do with the stinky New York team that sits up in the Northeast, Saquon Barkley. It is not. Ah, oh, man, I was so It close. is. Hold on, I got it. One more time. One more time for you. Running back 11, you said? You're going to look at it. Now you're cheating. Well, to be fair, in Fantasy Pros, Saquon Barkley is running back number 11, so I already cheated. Um, <laughs> is Alvin Kamara? Are you on regular or half PPR or full PPR? I am on... Oh, standard. Yeah, I'm on standard. Okay. Let me go to, Either way. Let me go to half PPR. Go PPR. I mean, it's going to give it away, looks. right? But I'm still going to look. Javante Williams. <laughs> it is Javante Williams running back 11 ADP of 21. Um, going off of what I said last, Javante being above Zeke is just blasphemy, right? It's crazy to think that he is going to get more production while splitting a lot more carries with Melvin Gordon then Zeke would be splitting with Tony Pollard. Uh, Melvin Gordon was running back, I believe, 21 last year. Javante was 17. So it's like they both had very high output, right? Um, and I feel like of the pass catching backs, because we all know Russell Wilson likes to throw to running backs out of the backfield, Chris Carson, all those guys, Melvin Gordon is going to be the guy catching passes out of most of them. I would imagine that's what he used to be in the past. I don't know how they're going to use him going forward, but new QB in the offense. I'm still not bought in the Javante Williams hype. I think Melvin Gordon is far and beyond the superior running back over Javante Williams. Uh, Not to mention that they have the 10th hardest strength of schedule among all fantasy running backs. Drafting him at 11 or 11th running back, ADP of 21. So you're looking late second, early third. I just don't think that's worth the value there for him. No, I I'm, I'm kind of like you. I love Melvin Gordon. It's crazy to me. And I know injury played a factor into the way they utilize him. Right. But it's crazy to me that he went to the Broncos and almost immediately just became a tandem back. Like he was such a powerhouse in dude. Uh, at he, was literally, he was Austin Eckler. Yeah. In San Diego at the time, but um, comes to the Broncos and it's just like, I mean, he gets utilized, right? Like we know that, but he doesn't get utilized near as much um, yeah. and to as near an extent as he did. He when could he be, he is like probably one of the guys in the NFL right now that could be a straight RB one powerhouse every down back. We don't see many of them anymore, but he is one of them that could do that. He, sh- I mean, he showed that in San Diego whenever they were the Chargers. Because I don't know, I don't think he was ever in LA. Um, if he was, it would have been for one year, probably. Yeah, but either way, Javante Williams, I just don't like the spot. I will let him go all day long in front of me. I don't even if he makes it to the fourth round, I still honestly would like mid fourth, late fourth. I still wouldn't pick him. He's uh, just that's not one just that me. I would, yeah, would go after. I'm not. I'm not a big. I mean, I don't think I've drafted a Broncos running back ever. But um, except maybe I had Phil Lindsay one year, but I don't even know if I drafted him. So not yeah, bad on it. Don't love it. Take him. Don't love it. Um. So outside of bust, I don't know if we we did. I did this last week. You can you can just rip it off the top of your brain. Uh, someone that since Jared's not here. Uh, someone that you would stay away from that you're like, ah, not really a bust, but I really don't want to, I don't want to draft you unless I absolutely have to. And you follow me. I'm going to be an anti Homer for the exact reason that I picked AJ Dillon earlier. And I'm not, I'm not going to draft Aaron Jones. Um, Mine is Aaron I just, Jones. Yep. I don't, I don't feel comfortable with where he's going currently. And the fact that he is I mean, going like 16. Yeah. No. Oh, he's, he's going 16 right now. So yeah, mid yeah. It's second round. It's just not, it's not worth it. It's Even not. if you're in an eight man league, that is the end of the second round. I am absolutely not taking him unless he falls to me in like late third and I need an RB2. Yep. Exactly. It's not, it's not worth where he's getting drafted at. And now if he proves us wrong, one, I'll be happy. So I won't be like, 
if if you prove me wrong, so be it. Congratulations. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad because I had him last year and I felt for the guy, right? Like he signed his contract extension and he kind of got fucked. Like yeah. if we're being all if we're being honest, because he was like the the just the power like power back down the whole stretch. He would have like a, a series where he had like 25, 30 rushing yards. And then when you get taken out the next series, get brought in when they're on like the 30, get a couple of carries, take him down inside the 10, and then AJ Dillon will get the touchdown. Yep. And it's like, dude, they did they just they've done him dirty. Uh they did him dirty last year. So I would like to see him be successful, but I would stay far, far away. Yeah, he's just far, he's far away from here. But um yeah, he he just hasn't gotten the shake that he that he deserved, probably, especially after signing that contract. But whatever. Whatever. It is whatever. All right. Last thing we're going to touch on running backs before we head to wide receivers. If you are in a dynasty league and have not drafted yet uh, a rookie running back that you are drafting for the future, who you got? Oh, I got you. Yep. Um, I can't call him the MVP of the of an entire team and then the rookie of the year in an entire division without also picking him as somebody that I would draft, and it's Kenneth Walker. Um, yeah, it's Kenneth Walker for me as yeah. well. I I think he's overall going to be the best running back in this draft class. They've got Brees Hall listed above him right now in terms of dynasty, but I, I would much prefer to have Kenneth Walker in terms of the opportunities he's going to get right away. Just the, the team. Uh, development that he's going to have the team that he has the fan base that he has around him. I don't think I'd be wanting to play for the jets if I'm Brees Hall. So like, you know, you see guys suffer in New York and all four sports, you see guys thrive. Don't get me wrong. We see guys suffer too, because they get into that fan base, diehard fan base. Don't get me wrong, but people can, people get stressed when you get booed at for making one bad play. So, um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So I think, I think Kenneth Walker is going to thrive in the environment and with the team that he has around him. Now we're telling you that that is a good pick for your dynasty pickup, but <laughs> don't think that you're going to be able to walk away with Kenneth Walker at the end of your regular draft, you know, in the, one of the last couple of rounds because his ADP is 88 right now. So he is going in the ninth round uh, roughly. So you are going to have to probably put him at a priority at one of your top bench spots if you're wanting to. But I think he's going to be the starting running back in Seattle. Uh, I mean, he's good. They're going to, they're going to be using him uh, in tandem with Rashad Penny, I believe for a while. And then I think he's going to hop in and kind of take over that starting job. They drafted him for a reason. So that'll, that'll turn out to kind of be in your favor. Um, towards the end of the season. So it might not be a bad pickup could end up being your wide receiver or wide receiver running back two or flex spot. Yep. Now let's jump in to a position that I feel like we say this every year is like, it's just such a tough position to draft in fantasy. I hate it. I've never been good at drafting tight ends because I always wait too long. I try to fill up my other spots first because I personally don't prioritize tight ends. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, 
you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Yep. I couldn't agree more. I did want to say really fast that uh, do a quick mid-pod errors segment. Melvin Gordon was actually in L.A. for... I believe three years. So I just looked it up. They moved to LA in 2017. He was with the team until 2019. So we really? were a little bit off, but he was in Vegas as well for three years or two years, something like that. Started in 2015. Vegas. That was his first year. San Diego. Sorry. San Diego. <laughs> too many moves, too many moves on the West coast. Out there I didn't the think they year. moved that long ago. I guess so. They moved the same year as the Damn. Rams. Did they not? Yeah, so, yeah, they did, but yep. it just seems crazy to me that he was it is crazy. with them for that long. Um, all right, tight ends. Uh, crazy position. Oh, like I said, I'm not good at drafting them early because I don't ever prioritize them. I always look to fill my running backs, wide receivers. I usually even draft a quarterback before I draft tight end. Last year was the first year that I prioritized a tight end. In one of my leagues, I think I took George Kittle in the fourth not just not he didn't end up fucking me, but he wasn't the George Kittle that he usually was uh, in that right. offense. Um, so, with that being said, your favorite tight end that you are going to look to eye that you think will finish very high this season without being super vanilla. Yeah. Oh, this is not vanilla. It's a little bit uh, personal, but it's not vanilla, and it's possibly you could get this person with maybe your 13th round pick if you wanted to, or 14th or 15th. Uh, It's Robert Tunyon. And I don't know why people are sleeping on him. And the currently his overall is 190. Like the dude caught 10 touchdown passes two years ago was out all year last year with an injury. Yes. And I just talked about injuries. So I'm going to contradict myself a little bit, but who, who the hell else are they going to throw the ball to? Like, especially in the red fully back and ready. Yeah. Yeah. He's ready to go week one. As far as I know, unless I'm talking out of my ass, but, uh, who who are they going to throw the ball to? Who are they going to give it to when you're on the 15 yard line, you know, first, first to second down play. That was like Aaron Rodgers' favorite target outside of Devonte Adams when they got into the red zone. And I, I can't imagine that changing, even with the injury. The dude's come back. He's looking good. Um, I know he works out with George Kittle and, like, Noah Fanton, the other Iowa guys. So, like, he he's talented. He's young. He came off of a 10-touchdown season. Why not? I'm not saying go out there and draft him in the, you know, seventh or eighth round. But if he's sitting there at the end of your draft and you haven't drafted a tight end yet, or maybe you have and you want to get him, too, as a backup and – slot him in when he inevitably goes off, do it. So that's Ethan. That is going to look to be Ethan's starter in fantasy this year, folks. Um, my only thought process going into that, don't hate it at all. Love the thought process behind it is he kind of came out of nowhere, right? Two years ago, like you said, went off for all those touchdowns, got hurt. Was it fluky? We will find out. Is it worth the risk that late? Probably so, especially with this kind of like nitty gritty uh, position group where you're only getting like four tops, five solid quality players, maybe, maybe even three. So I don't hate that. Mine, I'm going to go with my favorite. Uh, You're going to have to draft him a little bit higher. I really like Darren Waller heading into this year. He's a tight end five, ADP of 48. So you're drafting him in, what is that? A fifth round? Late fifth round, yep. He finished 17th last season, but he only played in 10 games. With the points that he scored in those 10 games, what he was averaging, if he played in even just 16 games, he would have been tight end four, maybe tight end three because he was averaging around 10 points per game. Solid for a tight end. I think that not only with them adding Devontae, some people think, oh, 
adding Devontae Adams is going to take away from him. I think that helps him even more because teams were focusing, you know, their safeties on kind of like shading toward Darren Waller. Now they're going to be shading or even splitting Darren Waller and Devontae Adams. So I think it's going to open up him a little bit more. Also, being able to snag him in that fifth round, I think that's usually personally where I like to take a tight end. So that's probably going to who I'm going to end up with if if he's there. So that's who I like. No, I like Darren Waller a lot too. I'm not typically one, and you know this because we've been playing in the same fantasy league since 2015. I'm not a I'm not one to take one of those top three to four guys. I just I. I've never been like willing to grab one like a tight end in the third, fourth, even early fifth round. I like to wait it out and see if I can get some value. So the fact that you can get Darren Waller like right at the end of the fifth round is kind of that good cusp to be able to still get a high quality tight end. And if um, you can't, if he doesn't fall that late, no sweat off my back because I don't think he's worth taking earlier. Like you can just said, right. we're both kind of in the same in the same boat. I don't like taking uh, tight ends super early. I think that their value is fairly low. They don't get you know a ton of targets outside of if you're taking Travis Kelsey. And even then, if you want Travis Kelsey, you're going to have to take him in late first round, which I would never, ever, ever suggest. Uh, we were in a league last year where a guy, guess on the pod, Sean Malone, took Travis Kelsey at like pick five, I think, in our league. And – he was like sold on it, never ever regretted it, and I think he out like he didn't make the playoffs. So doesn't it's not gonna work out for you, folks. Um, value sleeper pick and tight end. This is tough because you can either dive really deep or you can go to kind of that middle tier. Which end did you go? Yeah, well, the fact that I gave you a top guy who was already getting drafted towards the end of your draft. Yeah, that could have been your value um, sleeper. Could have been my value easily. So I'm actually I'm gonna give you two because my the one that I originally give one and then I'll give mine so you don't deal. That's fine. Yeah, because the one that I'm about to give probably should have been my favorite, and then Tunyon should have been my sleeper. So I'm flip flopping them for you guys. I feel like you Uh, might be stealing mine. But my sleeper is Dallas Goddard, and he's going right now. Obviously, is like tight end seven, so it's not really a sleeper per se. But I really like yeah, I mean, Dallas. I feel like Goddard that's a here. doesn't have to be a sleeper, but that is value. Yeah, it is value. Seven. I mean, he's going like eighth round, ninth round. Um, because most people just, don't draft backup tight ends. Yeah, and he's to be fair. This is going to be the first year he's free as Zach Ertz. Like he is, he is the guy in Philly that's going to have to get the job done. Granted, Zach Ertz didn't do a ton last year with Philly before he got traded to Arizona. But now that Dallas Goddard is your guy, he's a guy who might finish top five um, in that offense that really only has A.J. Brown and no offense to Devonta Smith or any of those guys. But I, I, I'm I, not a believer yet of those other guys on that wide receiver course. So give me A.J. Brown and then give me Dallas Goddard, and that's really all they have for Jalen Hurts to throw to. Okay, I don't hate it. I kind I kind of completely overlooked him, and you might have completely overlooked my guy, who was just one step ahead. I know it's like my favorite was Darren Waller, and my value slash sleeper is one is tight end below him. Schultz, but it is Dalton Schultz, tight end sixth, uh, ADP of fifty nine. So late sixth, maybe early seventh, if you know people don't value him much, which I don't think they will. Uh, he was finished tight end four last season. He was competing with C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Blake Jarwin, all those guys for targets, right? Uh, I think he's going to get a lot more. They lost Blake Jarwin. They lost Amari Cooper. Uh, so I'm I'm, a hand, I'm hopping on the Dalton Schultz train if some of those early tight ends go off quicker than what you think. Uh, being able to take him at tight end six I think will be solid in that offense. Maybe just load up on all the Cowboys because got Zeke, got him. Throw in Amari Cooper, and you could just hope that the Cowboys score forty every week. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, hey, I've been loading up on the Chargers, so no, no shame there. Um, I love that pick because we, you got to remember, like a healthy Dak. I feel like he, especially they with seventeen games, is a guy who could throw for five thousand yards a season. And Dalton Schultz could easily get 
eight, nine hundred of those. Maybe he's one of those tight ends that breaks the thousand yard cusp. Who knows? He also might score six, seven touchdowns. It really just depends, but the value's there for him for sure to to be able to put up numbers like that. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not gonna say that he is him or is as good, but he he has the physique and like play style of Travis Kelsey. Like he's not kind of like this like big mopey guy. He's he's kind of quick and 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 gets to his spots faster than most. So, like him there. Let's go move on to bust a bust pick. Who you got? Because I had two, so I'll let you go first. See if you can take one. Yeah. Um. This is probably one of the ones that you had. It's Kyle Pitts. Um. That that I, that was my, one of mine. Yep. It wasn't. You said it. What it was one of mine. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So just I mean. I love Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I, something about Oregon why, or quarterbacks, I guess, because I love Justin Herbert. I love Marcus Mariota out of college as well. But I, he's not going to be able to give the ball to Kyle Pitts enough for Kyle Pitts to make an impact on this team. To be tight or, end three? To be tight end three, round? yes. Fair. To be tight end three. I was going to say, or flip side, Marcus, Mario, Marcus Mariota only throws the ball to Kyle Pitts, but – um, I'm going to lean the latter in that I just don't think he's going to see enough volume. I don't think that this offense is going to score enough points. This is, I mean, this offense struggled to put up points last year as it is, and they won seven games. I don't know if they'll win five this year. So I just I don't know if they're going to be able to put up the numbers that Kyle Pitts needs to be tied in three in this league. And we saw last year, right, like he couldn't get in the end zone last year. I think that's not going to get better heading into this year by any means. I'm not taking a second-year tight end on a shitty team with a below-par quarterback in the fourth round of my draft. Uh, I, I didn't buy into the Kyle Pitts hype uh, from from day one. Didn't like him last year. Not saying he's never going to be good, but I don't like him where he's being drafted this year. He finished fifth last season. Yes, he had a lot of receptions. He had a lot of yards with that offense they had, it looks a lot different this year. Plus they have the third hardest, hardest, Jesus, <laughs> hardest strength of schedule for fantasy tight ends. So, yeah, like no, just not a pretty pick. Um, so, I'll, so since you took Kyle Pitts, I'm gonna go with my stay away then for my bus. It's going to be George Kittle. Uh, where he's being drafted right now, I think he's tied in four. Uh, Trey Lance, we we talked about him enough on this podcast. Don't need to hype on it anymore. I think that team's <laughs> going to be not great. I don't think that offense is going to be great. And I sure shit don't like George Kittle to be as productive as what he's been in the past. So we are we already saw it last year. Like his numbers fall off. I think they're going to fall off even more. So Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, you guys can have him. Yeah, I uh, I would stay away from both of those. I probably wouldn't draft them personally myself. Again, it's not to say that they're bad players. George Kittle might put up a thousand yards this season, but is he worth tight end four? And where he's being drafted, I just I don't with with some of the other value tight ends. Again, right, t- tight ends are super top heavy. With some of the other value tight ends out there, we talked about Dallas Goddard. We talked about Dalton Schultz. The other guys you could take in those rounds whether it's a wide receiver running back maybe you take your quarterback that early and try to get a a higher tier quarterback save your tight end pick and get one of those guys with value later on like there's a there's a pretty big drop off like yeah i'm pretty sure last year it went uh travis kelsey mark andrews and then there's like that tier drop off where then you had uh george kittle dalton schultz People were taking uh, TJ Hawkins very high. Yeah, like right there. And then there's a little bit more of a drop off. And it's like that second tier is risk. It's risky. And it's those second tier players that we just mentioned, Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, where it's like you're drafting them pretty high and expecting them to put up points. If they don't, it's really going to bite you in the ass because it's tight end's a position that I don't think you need to put in points week in, week out. And if you're drafting yep. a guy like – Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews in the third rounder before that. It's basically just another wide receiver for you. So like that, it's kind of tough to do rookie 
I don't know how many people you're in a dynasty league. Would you, how many rounds is it? And would you take a rookie tight end right now? Our dynasty only does three rounds. Um, there's eight of us in the dynasty, so it's not even a big league. Um, but with the amount of rookies, I mean, it it also kind of depends on team need, right? Like my, my team is currently stacked with quarterbacks and running backs. So I'm probably going to focus on wide receivers. Um, and then if I felt like taking a tight end, there's really only one to me that's worth any value. Um, and that's Trey McBride for Arizona. So if I were to take one, that's where I would go. I think that Zach Ertz getting older. Um, I don't know how long he's going to be in Arizona. I don't even remember if he signed a contract. But once he's done, I think Trey McBride will step in. So if you're looking for some value in a year, two years, Trey McBride will give you that. Outside of that, not worth drafting a tight end. Yeah. I wouldn't think so either. My favorite quote unquote tight end that is a rookie this year is Isaiah likely. We talked, I talked about the Ravens drafting him from coastal Carolina earlier on in the, uh, hi, I'm Maria and I'm Mike and we're team ready. ready. Black Hills energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. In the divisional previews, Mark Andrews is young. I don't know how much they're going to use likely. He is a very athletic tight end, so they could use dual tight end sets and use them and then eventually kind of move him elsewhere and move him out to tight end or move him out to wide receiver. I don't know. That's just who I picked. There's not very many rookie tight ends that I would think are going to make an impact. Maybe Jake Ferguson, the tight end from Wisconsin that is in Mm -hmm. Dallas because they used Jarwin and Schultz so much last year. Schultz goes down. He's like a lone guy there maybe. So, yep. Outside of that, not a whole lot to go with. So we have covered quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, pretty much all you need to know. I think last year we did kickers and defenses, but it's pretty fucking pointless because um, those are just a shot in the dark. You could just guess on those, and you're going to yeah. be doing a lot of those with the waiver wire pickups. Outside if of that. If you're any of our friends listening right now, if I had to give one piece of advice, for those two positions, it would be take a kicker at least in your first five rounds and then take a defense in like your first two or three rounds and preferably take one of those kickers and defenses that isn't like top five because those are the guys who have the value. Yeah, they always fall <laughs> off. You're, you want you yeah. want to get your sleeper kicker in early and often. Yes, and preferably draft two or three of them. So. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely want to have some on your on your bench in case one heads to the IR, for sure, for sure. Or like these uh, the last few years gets dropped, <laughs> the curb, bagging groceries by week fifteen. Hey, you never know, man. You got to load up on them kickers. But f- football season, folks, is in full swing. Uh, we will not have a weekend without football for a very long time because week zero of college football kicks off this week. I'm not sure if Jarrett has or will have plugged in his picks by this (laughs) point in the episode in which you're listening. He had mentioned that to us that he might record a segment and throw in there for you. So if he does, congrats. If not, we missed out on your week zero football picks. There's one that I would like to throw out there. If Jarrett doesn't do it, if he does, I know he's going to put this pick in there. It is Saturday, late night game, 9.30 Central Time. Vandy at Hawaii, Hawaii plus eight at home. Mm. They are 12-1 and one against the spread, I believe, out on home openers is what I read. I saw it somewhere. But Vandy coming in all the way to Hawaii, that's a tough travel one. And then they're getting eight points at home. I'm going to take Hawaii with that one. I'll give you a, uh, I'll give you a hot take pick for week zero that I don't know if Jarrett will cover or not. 
Wyoming at Illinois. It's a 4 p.m. game on Saturday. Wyoming, I'm laying, Wyoming. I'm laying Wyoming plus 11. Money line or plus 11? Plus 11. Um, it's first week of school. It's a D1 school in the Big Ten. They're not going to give a fuck didn't they about lose, Wyoming. Didn't they lose They're, Brandon Peters? I think Brandon Peters was a second-year grad student last year, so I think he, they had to have, yeah. Oh, he was gone regardless. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm not positive. And also COVID could have given him an extra year. I don't remember. Um, he was there when I was there, though, and that's been over a year now. So, But they, um, but they were bad last year. Yeah, and and then like added on top of that, I really don't think that just coming back to school, I, I've, I was at that school for two years. It just feels like nobody gives a fuck about that team. Um, no offense. I enjoyed <laughs> games. They were not game day. Um, but give me Wyoming coming out week one for them, I guess, technically. Um, and putting plus some eleven is a lot. And it's plus eleven. Like it, to me, why not lay the points? And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If um Travis, you can talk about this in just a second if you want to plug it. Um, <clears throat> but if you're making our 10 unit bet for uh our draft positions, why not lay like four of it on this game? Because you might get some good value out of it. Yeah. I was actually just about to talk about that. Cause I was like, well, let's not cover too many of our picks because then this might give you an idea. If you're listening to this early enough uh, before the weekend, you know, to implement it on your own, but in the league that me and Ethan are in and Jared is in also, uh, He's not able to compete in because he is not drafting. Different story for a different day. But for our draft order this year, we are taking week zero of college football. Everyone gets 10 units that they don't have to actually place them, whatever. They just send out the picks into the commissioner. You get 10 units to spread across all games week zero. Money line, spread, totals, parlays, teasers, however you want to do it. Whoever's up the most amount of units, whatever, we get put into the standings one through eight, and then they get to pick their spot in the draft. So, like you said, you can throw a good amount of change or units on Wyoming plus 11. Hell, you can even take take the juice, throw like three plus 11, and then a couple units on the money line, (laughs) and then you're in business. Or hell, throw them into a teaser. Yeah, you never know, folks. Yeah, Football you, season you is back, like and a, I'm so pumped. You throw it into like a six and a half point teaser, and you suddenly get seventeen and a half. Yeah, I, that's beautiful to me. Yeah, I, who knows if Illinois is even going to put up seventeen and a half? That facts. You take the <laughs> under in that game too. Although Wyoming, I feel like historically, yeah, they score the a lot, years, a lot of points. So we'll see what happens. They, they score a lot, but. Lots of options, folks. So if you like that idea, if you've already done your draft, cool. Maybe next year. Uh, I literally came up with it on my drive home today. I'm like, that's pretty cool. I know a few of the guys in our fantasy league don't bet like on game by game. They just do fantasy, which whatever. They'll figure it out themselves. But it's a cool way to to do your draft order uh, rather than just drawing out of a hat or doing reverse of how you finished last year. Fantasy football is back. Hopefully it's a little bit better than last year. Maybe we'll do some daily fantasy stuff week in, week out. Uh, Ethan's going to be joining us, obviously, he, like he has been every week and throughout the football season. So we're going to have lots more picks coming to you guys. Super excited. We're ready for it. And next week, we will have full slate of college football coming up. Ethan, you got anything before we say sayonara on this semi-short episode? Yeah, I actually got one thing for you, and it's going to require you to do some research because I thought about it about midway through the podcast. Um, If you have time to look, because I've been kind of searching, so I can go first. If you had to pick, Mister, if you had the Mr. Irrelevant pick in your fantasy draft this year, who would it be? So the last pick in the draft. If I had the Mr. Had pick. Irrelevant pick. I can I can go first so I can give you some time to look up some guys down and down in that bottom of the bottom of the way. But if I had to pick a Mr. Irrelevant, if I had the very last pick in the draft, I'm taking KJ Osborne from Minnesota. 
Um, right now is ADP he's going is like, Mr. Irrelevant area. Twenty second round. I don't know how many rounds you guys have in your in your football drafts, but um, if you've got what is it, ten starters, seven bench spots? Yeah, I'd say that's roughly around that. He's the guy. I mean, Adam Thielen's thirty two. We saw what happened with KJ Osborne when Adam Thielen got hurt last year in weeks thirteen through seventeen. The dude was putting up thirteen fantasy points a game. If Thielen falls off and they need somebody to step into that wide receiver two role, it's going to be KJ Osborne and it's going to be a pass heavy offense. In my opinion, why not take a a flyer on him there towards the end of your draft? He may not be the very last pick. So I might be going off just a little bit. What pick pick did you say? He's like 22nd round. What, what ADP is that? Do you know? Uh, 214, 215. Sorry. I feel like that's way far down there. Right, uh, I, I think you could easily get him. I was going to go somebody in like the 170 range, maybe 160 range. I mean, yeah, that's, that's right around when your drafts would end too. Um, actually, I'm going to say screw it, and I'm going to go somebody in the 140 range because I think you can still get him. I don't know if many people are going to take him. I'm going to take Tyler Algier who I talked about, I believe, in our uh, ASC South. He is the backup running back in Atlanta. But okay. I don't think that Cordero Patterson is a good like running back heavy guy. I think they're going to need to use him a lot more uh, lining up as a pass catcher. So I think Tyler Algier is going to step in and maybe assume that role in running back. I could be missing. Could not be this year, might be next year, but I like him. If not, George Pickens is going super late too. He's going uh, 153. Yeah. So you could take him as well, which is kind of crazy to me. I might take him. I might like yeah. him more than I like Tyler Algier. A lot of these guys are going to be just floating down there at the end, waiting around for people to stash them. So, um, Dude, if you want some high quality bench players, yeah. Fantasy's getting a lot tougher than what it was in years past. Way more people are getting involved in offenses than I feel like what they used to. Yep. Especially so. if you want like a good bye week guy or if you're looking for a cuff. Like say you draft Adam Thielen and you want to take KJ Osborne down there at the end of your draft as a cuff, do it. Like uh, if you want to take if you are the crazy person who takes Cordero Patterson and you want to take Algier, get him as a cuff because it's yeah, probably I mean, going to be necessary at some point. You're going to be able to probably get them in pretty easy fashion as well if you're doing that. But in football season, we're not just strictly a fantasy podcast. We've come to you with that the past two weeks, but we are, I would say, primarily betting. We also cover a lot of fantasy, but in football season, we're pretty much straight football. Unless there's a big UFC card, uh, which we'll never just do a full episode on that. We'll just cover it as well. So we're going to try to include a lot more this year. We're going to be coming to you every week from now until uh, until February 13th, whatever day it is. Get used to it, folks. So you're going to be hearing a lot of us if you're listening. If not, you're missing out because we're going to win you a fantasy championship this year. With that being said, I think we're signing off in under an hour. Are you done? I'm done. It might be over in an hour if Jared adds his segment, but otherwise that's, we got you. We got you in an hour's flat. So that's fair. We got you in an hour's flat. Till then, we'll see you week one college football on the other side. Well, here I am with my segment. Yes, this is Jared coming to you for a brief moment. It is Wednesday morning, so I'm recording this just before I post it live. Um, but I wanted to give you a few week zero college football picks because it is back, baby. We are here. Um, Travis Nathan just gave us a great episode um, for fantasy football. Wrapping that up, we've got a draft coming up. But I wanted to give you a couple of week zero football picks. Now, the games aren't the greatest, but we have a few that I got my eye on. First and foremost, we have a game in Dublin, Ireland, which will be fun. Nebraska and Northwestern. Um, neither of these teams were amazing last year. Uh, the big thing with this one is Nebraska returns nearly 80% of their offense and 60, 68% of their defense. Uh, Northwestern returns 60% of their starters from last year. Uh, with that being said, the spread is 13. I just think that's too big. Um, even though Northwestern was horrendous last year, I think this is going to be a, a new challenge for both teams going overseas and playing in Ireland. I just don't see Nebraska. I see them winning. I don't see them winning by two touchdowns. 
Give me Northwestern plus 13 at one unit. Um, then we're going to move on to the Illinois and Wyoming game. Wyoming's coming to Illinois. This will be at 3 o'clock on Saturday um, in Champaign. Um, Illinois returns about 55% of their starters on both sides of the ball. Uh, Wyoming returns less than 40% overall of their starters. So a huge, huge loss there. However, with that being said, the spread is 11. The over-under is 44. Didn't like a ton of these, um, especially because um, Wyoming was 76 in offense in 2021. Illinois is 111th. So neither of these teams could score the ball, um, which I think is going to play a big factor in this game. Like I said, I think Illinois gets it done. I don't like the 11. I'm going to take an in-game teaser here, and this is one of two of my favorite picks of the weekend. Um, We're going to do a six-point teaser to make Illinois minus five and the under of 50. So Illinois minus five, under a 50, do a six-point teaser in-game. That's minus 105. I'm going to do two two units on that. And then we're going to move on to the Nevada-New Mexico State game to close out the night, one of the last games of the night. Um, It is at 9 p.m. New Mexico State, just to bluntly put it, was horrendous last year. Um, They were 125th in points allowed. And to to be quite frank, they returned 73% of the starters from that horrendous defense. Um, Nevada lost a lot of starters on both sides of the ball. Um, but I think that they've kind of produced a good program there to kind of keep up and, you know, in kind of churn in good production year in and year out. Uh, with that being said, the spread is nine, a little too rich for my blood. So instead, I'm just going to take the over of 50 in this game. I do think they can put up a lot of points. I think New Mexico State will put up some points here and there, especially because Nevada lost, you know, almost 70, over 75% of their starters on defense. So, you know, defense is always a huge learning curve in college football. So I like the over of 50, a unit, a unit and a half on that. And then I am going to give you a fun little uh, parlay. This is almost a can't lose. I would consider it one of my locks of the week. Um, it is Nebraska, Illinois, and Nevada, all money line. It is minus 110 a parlay. I like two and a half units on that. So if you're looking at it from a perspective, we have a total of four, five. We have six units out for this weekend. Again, to run it back for you real quick, Northwestern plus 13 at a unit. Uh, an in-game teaser in Illinois and Wyoming. Make a six-point teaser, Illinois minus five, and the under of 50 minus 105 for two units. Um, I like the over of 50 and the Nevada-New Mexico State game for a unit and a half. And then a Nebraska-Illinois and Nevada parlay, money line parlay, minus 110, two and a half units. So, boys, good luck. Like Travis and Ethan said, I'll be back on next week for the full episode, full week one college breakdown, a college football season preview. Peace, take it easy, and good luck. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.